one and all. I am your uh, uh, splendiferous host, Christopher the Wonka Rupal, joined with. I'm just a little boy that got that won a prize thingy, Charlie. And this is Drunken Book Club. And this week on Drunken Book Club, we should have really have read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I realize I also called myself Charlie instead of Sam. <laughs> Cheer up, Charlie. Uh, yeah, and we read, uh, instead of reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for the Wonka movie coming out, we read Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator because we read that one already. This is like the close, I think this is the closest we've ever come between like sequels between books, except for like the Monster Blood quadrilogy because we just read that as like a boom, get yeah, it done and with. Yeah. Which, I mean, that was fun, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I don't, but that made, that made sense and it worked. Yeah, that was just a fun little Halloween treat. But this was like the cl- this is probably the closest we've ever come between sequels. Like, I mean, I would maybe have to check that, but I mean, thank God there's not another one. Yeah, <laughs> I only read part of it, and I'm still agreeing with you. <laughs> and I said the part you read was the good part. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we read Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. I, I've said that already, but like, if I wasn't very pointed about it. And, uh, Sam, what did you pre-game on? I pre-gamed on iced coffee because it is, like, 10 a.m. Yeah. And I pre-gamed on the hardest Sorry, drink I could. 11 a.m. Oh, oh, it just turned 11? Oh, look at yeah. that. Oh, new monsters. Gotta, gotta go monster hunt real quick. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I had a black tea with, um, some cream and sugar. <laughs> and I'm currently nursing, uh, half pineapple juice and cranberry. That's the combo of that. With half orange juice. And it's, it's pretty good. I was about to say. It was actually supposed to be part of the drink we were supposed to drink this week, but I got re- I drank a lot on Thursday night with my buddy Austin because we were supposed to go monster hunting around like everywhere and just drink beers and we just got too lazy. We got, too- we were drinking too much and just having a good time watching crap. And, uh, I drank too much and I think I may have given myself alcohol poisoning in all honesty. Like a mild case considering like a- you weren't in the hospital. Yeah, I was in the hospital or anything, but like I, I couldn't do anything yesterday. Like, I could barely get up. Like, I called you yesterday, and I, you were like, uh, maybe chicken nuggets? And I was like, do you want a Sprite? And you are like, I would love a Sprite. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to eat. I wanted anything that wasn't chicken noodle soup or water or crackers. How do you think I felt with the salmonella poisoning? Yeah, I know. Bitch, I've had sick. <laughs> Bitch, I have sick. I know what sick is. Uh, but, uh, Sam, would you mind reading the black book to tell everybody uh, what drink we were supposed to have with this episode? Sure. So technically, you could have a couple different drinks with this one. You could have pretty much anything related to chocolate, even though this book does not have much to do about chocolate, so I would really not go with anything chocolate-related. Uh, but you could go with the one that we did do for our last time with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was like a bunch of chocolate liquor, chocolate ice cream blended all together, and that was really good. So I learned that there was one called the Wombat. Yeah, the Wombat. Makes your, it makes your poop square. Get a hard ass from it. Like a plate. So the the drink we chose was called the Wiki Wacky Woo, because it just sounds like a Wonka thing. Wiki Wacky Woo. Uh, what you want to do is fill a tall glass with ice, and then in a and you want to put uh, what's called in a shaker a half ounce of vodka, citrus vodka, half ounce of 151 proof rum, half ounce tequila, half ounce triple sec, half ounce amaretto. Fill with equal parts orange, cranberry, and pineapple juice. That's why I bought the two different juices, and you shake it all up and. Enjoy a wiki wacky woo. So hopefully you guys can try it out. I might try to try it another time. Maybe I'll do like a drunken tears list to pair with this episode. God, I haven't even come up with anything to do with the abominable snowman. Maybe I can talk about the abominable snowman in Pasadena or something. <laughs> but I digress. 
Uh, Sam, what were your first impressions of this book? What did you think it was going to be about? I knew it was basically like right after Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when he when they go through when like the elevator sends them up. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to happen after that. That's fair. I, I felt like it was shenanigans would be my my so, guess. So my first impressions were I believe Willy Wonka and Charlie go on an adventure all over Earth with the great glass elevator and something something chocolate. I was wrong. Well technically they did go all around the earth, but they didn't really travel all around the they traveled all around the earth. But In not, space. Yeah, I fucking hated that. Uh, let's talk about this cover. Yet again, we have a reprint from some with some of the artwork from Quentin Blake. So instead of describing this boring cover, I'm going to discuss the two types of covers for this book because there are two different covers you'll get for this book. Like there's, it's just it's one or the other. First is the aforementioned glass elevator is far away in the background, and Charlie and Willy Wonka are floating in outer space. The other one has Wonka and Charlie, sometimes others, inside the elevator, gawking at the world around them. And those are the two types of covers you'll get for this book. Okay. Both are very boring. Both don't have a creepy child looking at a creep Wonka like a little pervert, like the Charlie. <laughs> so, alrighty, so let us begin with the story, Sam, as always. Don't be afraid to interrupt with notes, jokes, and all of the above. And sound effects. Gotta have those sound effects. And I'll, I'll do three chapters, Sam will do three chapters, so on and so forth. So, Chris, don't forget to do your sound effects. That's the sound of them dying in space. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> chapter one. Mr. Wonka goes too far. In this chapter, Wonka. You've finally done it, Wonka. You've gone too far. Charlie's fucking dead. The end. I, I love you, Mr. Wonka. Don't say that, Charlie. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. <laughs> I Just have this chocolate. It'll make you feel better. I don't feel so good, Mr. Wonka. <laughs> uh, to recap the events of this book, please uh, please uh, re-listen to the episode from July that we did on Charlie and Chocolate Factory for our National Chocolate Day. Don't worry. We'll wait. You're back. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you for listening to that episode. I think it was a pretty fun one, honestly. Uh, so let's let's continue. So like we were saying, Charlie, along with his family and Mr. Wonka, are aboard the Great Glass Elevator back to the Chocolate Factory. But first, they must go high into the sky so they can get back inside the Chocolate Factory by crashing through the roof. Charlie even comments how they could have just, you know, taken the hole they had already made, but Wonka is like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It's eccentricism. It's yeah. funny. I'm quirky. It's fun. I need to concentrate so I can press a button when we reach a specific altitude. You little fuck. But Grandma Josephine freaks out and grabs Wonka before he can push the button and Charlie presses it for him, but it's too late. They're in orbit and rushing around the Earth at great speeds. They all begin to float around. Da 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 da. One of them pukes and it's just a little blobs of puke floating around. And someone forces Wonka into the puke. No, Wonka forces like one of the old people into it. He's like, here you go, yeah, fuck. Grandma Josephine. No, Georgina deserves it. Okay. Yo, Yeah, she's the one who was the butt. No, I thought it was Josephine that was It was Georgina. I thought it was Josephine. That was the one that's like, oh, they're all mine. Ahem. Goodbye, Georgina. Okay, I'm just, yeah. That's all I gotta say is chapter or whatever. Goodbye, Georgina. Oh. Fight me away, Georgina. Not Georgina. 
Okay, Josephine. Chapter 2, Space Hotel USA. Sam's like, what the fuck at that? <laughs> because she did not read the beginning. She she read the last two fits of this book. I, I, yeah. Did we say that already? No. Okay, well, for what it's worth, Sam, I told Sam, you can read the best part of this book or you can read this whole book. And she's like, where does it get good? I told her chapter 12. So that's what I did. She read two fits of the book and I do not blame her. Because soon you'll see how short these chapter recaps get. <laughs> because I was getting so frustrated at it. <laughs> Uh, apparently there's a space hotel run by some asset named Lone Scum in this dimension. I mean, that's at least fitting. I mean, like, yeah. Elon Musk is wanting to do this. In Lone Scum. That's, that's why I don't like, I want to give him, I don't want to name drop him. That's oh, okay. why he's called him Lone Scum. Okay, you're right. It's, you're it's right. A, what's it called? It's, it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the uh, Tom Riddle. Yeah. <laughs> what was the thing that somebody made once of, instead of like, I am Tom Riddle, it was something about a dildo. <laughs> They realized you could do that, and it was like, wait, no, shit. <laughs> I think I remember that. Uh, <laughs> it got shared around in a group, and it was, and everyone laughed, because still, though. It's funny. For those of you who are interested in knowing what uh, Sam is referencing, uh, look up Mr. Tom, dildo lover. Okay, bye-bye. Sadly, there is no one on board at the moment, because they never thought it would launch successfully. Which, I mean, that's total opposite of what Lone Scum would do. Lone Scum thought, would think it would be like yeah. a fucking success, and then be like, why is no one going? I'm just too big-brained. Uh, I took the blue or orange or whatever pill. The red pill. I took the I took it up my butt because pills are for, are dangerous if you don't take them up your butt. That's what say, they tell me. You just took estrogen up your ass because uh, that's what the red pill was. Yep. Uh, but it has launched successfully, and they are quickly trying to get aboard so that they can run this giant money pit of a hotel. As the astronauts are making their way to the space hotel, they spot the glass elevator and are shocked at what they see. And ground, and ground Control and the President of the USA don't believe them at all. They finally turn the camera on the ship to prove its existence, and they're all like, What the fuck, mate? Steer clear of it. Chapter 3. The Link Up. The folks on the glass elevator also see the spacecraft and space hotel. They know exactly what it is, because it's been on TV all over the place. Like, it's the only thing on TV right now. And There's while, nothing good on. Yeah, well, it's 1972, what do you expect? Or 69, where the original book came out. Nice. Uh, and Wonka is like, lol, let's link to the space hotel before them so we make history. <laughs> he then gets Charlie and Grandpa Joe to assist in controlling the rockets that this elevator has. Why didn't they use those to crash through the chocolate factory roof? Instead of, you know, going really high into space. Whatever. I, I don't know. They're... They quickly work together and approach the space hotel rapidly. Chapter 4, The President. <laughs> I did not have relations with Mr. Wonka. We return to Earth. Well, I did have it with Grandma Josephine. All right. <laughs> the president. We return to Earth to the president and a bunch of his advisors, and they're trying to figure out who the fuck these people in space are and what they're up to. The president contacts many folks around the world, and we get some really bad bad Chinese racism. Oh yeah, like I mean, it's real Ching Chong racism. Like you, you like we're like, oh my god. Yeah. Like you're talking about when they talk about like censoring raw dog. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that yeah. later. We'll get to that later. The glass elevator beats the spaceship to the hotel, and they all board and take the bed with them, which everyone thinks is a bomb. Oh lord, what's next? Yeah, because I'm like, what the fuck do they think is going on? Like, they legit think that they're terrorists or whatever in space, and they're gonna bomb the hotel with a bed. <laughs> like, it, it's kind of funny, but it's so stupid. It's shenanigans. I was right with shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, 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 I'm so right with shenanigans. Most of the second half of Charlie and Chocolate Factory were chocolate shenanigans. It was just a lot of vaudeville jokes. Yes. So many vaudeville jokes. Okay, Men from Mars. 
We now return to our folks from the elevator making their way into the space hotel. Wonka tells them all to be quiet, as he believes ground control will try to communicate with them. And behold, he was right. Ground control demands to know what they're, who they are and what they're doing. They ground all remain control s- to Mr. Wonka, we want to know what the fuck you're doing. They all remain silent, and then ground control threatens to freeze them to death if they don't speak. Yeah, they legit do that. Wonka then starts speaking in alien language, because why, why Wonka? Fucking why? So back at the panic room of the president, he, he has his chief translator come forth and demand to know what language Wonka is speaking. The translator says it's not of this world and that they have aliens aboard their hotel. The president isn't sure of what to do, so he has a radio link to the hotel. Chapter 6, Invitation to the White House. The president invites the quote-unquote aliens to the White House. Aliens. Everyone wants to meet the pre- the president. Wonka talks them out of it since they'd be charged with being frauds. Because that you fucking started that, Wonka. It's fucking your fault. But he doesn't want to meet them, though. He never wanted to meet the president. Okay. That's fair, right? Yeah. So he's just like, I'm just going to like threaten y'all with going to jail for fraud. No, he's just trying to save them. Wonka does a song and dance for the inspecting public to buy them some more time to have a feast in the hotel. But before they can eat, Grandpa jo- Grandma Josephine screams in terror of something inside the hotel elevator. Something greenish-brown with slimy skin and large eyes. It's just lone scum. It's just lone scum. Just, just, slum. Whoa! I'm a genius. Whoa. I didn't come up with anything, but I stole all the ideas because money. Emerald mine. Apartheid emerald mine. Mm. Chapter 7. Something nasty in the elevators. The group or the group all stare at the mysterious egg-shaped monster in fear. Then the elevators in the hotel lobby begin to arrive on their floor, and each one have an egg monster. The monsters then begin begin to stretch into a serpent-like creature, and and begin take, taking shape. Each one a different letter of the alphabet and spelling one simple word: scram. <laughs> The group frantically gets out of the hotel and back into the glass elevator and into space. Chapter 8. The Vermicuous Canids. Or, or maybe it's Vermicious? I don't know. Vermi- I think it's Vermicious. Okay, the Vermicious like ver- Canids. Like vermin. Yeah. Mr. Wanaka explains that the creatures inside the hotel were evil monsters known as Canids. They're, they've been trying to come to Earth to eat everything there, but when they try to come through our atmosphere, they burn up and appear as shooting stars. Soon there's a large one in the sky near the glass elevator that attacks it, but it can't break through as the glass elevator is shatterproof, bombproof, and canidproof. All I can think of is just the fucking, the Dragon Ball P yeah. of like Goku's face. Just crashing into Earth? Yeah. Just a giant canid, just that, just... Wonka then taunts the monster with a song. Chapter 9. Fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Da 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 da. Chapter 9. Gobbled up. We return once again to the president and the astronauts. The astronauts have boarded the space hotel along with the crew. They brought to work there, but soon they're attacked by the canids. The people of Earth are in shock and of what's going on. Chapter 10. Commuter capsule in trouble. Knit attack number one. So back to the glass elevator. What is the Godzilla-ass title? (laughs) So back to the glass elevator, and the group is still being chased by the giant Knid, and they have made an entire lap around the Earth as as they're back at the hotel. They see the Knids from the hotel come out, and they're attacking the spaceship that's attached to the space hotel. We found out that those that have 
Those that have survived have made it back to the spaceship. Sadly, they can't escape back on Earth as the Kanids have damaged their rockets. Charlie insists they do something to help and asks Wonka if they can tow them back to Earth. Wonka's like, lol, yeah, I can, bitch. Because, yeah, he would. He'd just be you, like, you read a chapter, you're going to get back to me. You're like, now nah, I'm done with this, Chris. I don't want to read it anymore. Fucking done. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. Chapter 11. The Battle of the Canids. In this long-ass chapter, I skimmed it and, and they tow the spaceship but are attacked by the Canids. They're able to re-enter the atmosphere and kill the Canids and are headed back to the chocolate factory. Thank fucking God. Yeah. Okay, maybe I should have read that one. <laughs> chapter 12. Back to the chocolate factory. Oh no, back to the lab again. Oh no. Oh no, back to the lab again. We messed up. Back to the lab again. They finally return to the chocolate factory and are welcomed by the Oompa Loompas with a generic song. I skimmed it. I didn't bother reading them. Like like the previous one, I was just like, uh-huh, okay, that's I'm cute. like, this is three pages. No, fuck yeah, this. Yeah, one of them is three pages long. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, hey, it made for easy, fast reading because, like, I just put, they sing a song. Yeah. After that, Wonka asks the Oompa Loompas to move the bed and asks the old people to assist in the in the factory. They seem the old people seem apprehensive about all this, especially after the bullshit they went through already, which is honestly kind of valid. Yeah, like I can't necessarily blame them. I too would be like, "Fuck you, I'm eighty. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm old." Chapter thirteen: How Wonka Vite was invented. Wonka uses some reverse psychology on the old folks by telling them about how he discovered a new vitamin, Wonka Vite. He created a pill that he gave to an old Oompa Loompa and it rejuvenated the elderly pygmy by decreasing his age by 20 years. Then the Oompa Loompas have another song. Yep. <laughs> Literally, I feel like every chapter from this point on has like Oompa Loompa song and I'm just like, you're padding, buddy. Well, I was like, shit, I need a couple extra pages. Chapter 14, Recipe for Wonkavite. We literally learned the recipe to Wonkavite and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the whole chapter. That's it. That, that's, the, that's the book. That's the book. That's... That's the book. Chapter 15. Goodbye, Georgina. Wonka then offers the pills to the grandparents, but Charlie isn't so sure, especially after Violet Beauregard. But Wonka reassures him that these are fully tested, unlike the gum, and he tosses the bottle of pills onto the bed like they're a couple junkies. <laughs> and they act like junkies, too. They, they really do. They're like, no, get in here. Fuck you. Like, he should have just given them the pills. He should have just been like, okay, one for each of you, like the gobstoppers. We, we start out one for each, and then yeah. we go. Yeah. The old folks then fight over the pills, and Georgina gets a hold of them, and greedily claims she gets more since she got them first. After a ton of arguing and fussing, she shares them equally with the other two in the bed, leaving Grandpa Joe, who is the oldest, and Charlie's parents, out of everything. The three take four pills each, reducing their age by 80 years. But the idiot grandparents didn't do the math, and two of them are infants, and Georgina has to wait two years to exist since she was 78. We then get another Oompa Loompa song. <laughs> All I can think of is that Grim Adventure Billy Mandy with the hourglasses. Oh my god, where they flip them? Yeah, yeah. The and then like at the end where they're all fucking fetuses. Yeah. And it's it always creeped me out a little bit. Like yeah, that end. Yeah. yeah. Gwim, what are you doing? Gwim. And he's just like, bye bye. But then he dies. <laughs> yeah, he's like, shit. Because his hourglass is so big. Yeah. Chapter 16. Vita Wonk and Minus Land. Charlie wants to save Grandma Georgina and Wonka, Wonka's like, I can take you to Minus Land. Charlie is like, okay. And then they hop aboard the glass elevator one more, once more to try to find Grandma Georgina before she's subtracted from the world. Along the way to Minus Land, they see a bunch of fun candy things that would have been better than a space adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, this would have been neat to see. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen all this different shit. I would have loved a, a book about him learning how to run the fucking factory. Like the rock candy. Yeah. And the, like, fucking... On the big rock oil. candy mountain. 
and the fucking, um, like, oil dregs that are to get chocolate. Yeah. Like, all these different locations they show off are so much cooler than a space adventure. And then Minus Land is cool. I think the concept yeah. of Minus Land is cool and would have been a good, like, finale above it all. But, like, build up to that shit. Well, I also thought Wonka's pretty face is going to hell. Because <laughs> it kind of feels like they're going to go to hell in a sense. I mean, greet on. Okay, Wonka explains how he discovered Minus Land through him wanting to save those that experimented on, like, a modern-day lone scum and giving them a rapid aging sludge. They then arrive in Minus Land. Chapter 17. Rescue in Minus Land. Black mist swirls around in Minus Land, giving it a haunting feel. Its desolate landscape and visible inhabitants that can kill with a single bite make Charlie think this place is hell without the heat. See? Yeah. That's, That's how they describe it. It's hell without the heat. And I'm like... Holy shit, I want more of this Minus Land. Yeah, I was going to say, tell me about that. Tell me, like, this This is what the book could have been. Yeah. And then, they eventually find poor Georgina lying horizontally, like a minus sign. They get near her and swear her with Vitawonk. Whores do it lying down. That's how I remember horizontal. They then get near her. So, she disappears, and Wonka says she's back at the factory. Wonka admits that he sprayed her with too much, and she's bound to be super old when they get back, and she sings a song that I wish to sing on page 135. <clears throat> I'm glad you were singing this one so I could I could get to sing it now. She's as plussy as plussy can be. She's more plussy than you and than me. The question is how? Just how old is she now? Is she more than th- 103? I like the word plussy. It reminds yeah. me of clussy. Yeah, that's what I thought of too. I was like, <laughs> it's like her plussy. I can't. I can't. can't. You want me to finish? No, I just... The the plussy thing is what killed me. (laughs) Plussy. That's why I also had you want to read that that half of your book. Chapter 18. The oldest person in the world. The pair return to the factory and find an ancient grandma Georgina. Wonka says the time for action is now. We need to find out how old she is so we can properly dose her with Wonkavite and get her to a more suitable age. They ask how old she is and she can't remember. Charlie asks her what her oldest memory is and it's... Sailing on the Mayflower back in 1620. That would make her 358. Yep. Wonka asks what age... That's an old bitch! Wonka asks what age she'd like to be, and Mrs. Bucket is like, she's returning to 78 and no younger. Wonka thinks that's absurd, but obliges and gives her a proper dose to begin to de-age and remembers she, events she lived through. One, it's kind of crazy that it's like, she she has these implanted, like, what's it called, memories. Because yeah. she could not have actually lived through that shit, because, you know... She's normally 78. Yeah. So, yeah, she's, like, living through the fucking Civil War, and, like, she saw um, Lincoln get assassinated. Yeah. Like, these are pretty pretty brutal implanted events, you know? Yeah, I'm like, damn. That bitch is old. Well, and also, like, the fact that she saw him get assassinated, not just, like, oh, I was, I heard about it on the news. Yeah. Chapter 19. I am reading now. Oh, yeah. I can't remember my threes. Apparently. The babies grow up. Wonka, with the permission of each person's spouse, gives the babies a small dose of Vita Wonk, and they return once more to their rightful age. Chapter 20. How to get someone out of bed. Poke them with a stick. Come on. Come on. They're all invited to the White House for saving the world from the Canids, and it's a happy ending. The end? Yeah. That's the end. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, did you have any notes or anything? I didn't really have any notes, because it... Part of it was like, I was like, I kind of wish I read the whole book because I don't get some of this. Yeah. But also some of it, there isn't anything to get. Yeah. Like. Would you say my notes helped you with understanding what you missed? Yes. Of like, why the president? Yeah. That whole thing. No, the whole, I mean, that's the last chapter. You didn't even, you only needed it for the last chapter. Yeah. So. But that did help. Your notes did help on that. Yay. 
But everything else, I was like, okay, like, I get there back in the chocolate factory, finally. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, this seems like it'd be a cool thing to, yeah. I didn't really have many notes other than. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, uh, here are my notes. I'm nearly halfway through this shit, and there's no, there's like no plot at all. Just stupid antics in space. Holy shit, it took 12 chapters to get to the fucking factory. Chapter 15, and this book got funny again. Those are my notes. So I feel like if they wanted to do a travel thing when you said going all over the world. Yeah. I think I remember wanting to read this and thinking it'd be like a, a like, oh, they go, they actually. All like, around the world, all around the world. Yeah. They actually like go around the world and like get different ingredients and like have yeah. like fantastical creatures. Exactly. Kinda, like Learn how to run the factory. Do weird shit. Be like, oh, we can only get this specific fancy ingredient from yeah. this tiny island or whatever. Yeah. And then they'll, yeah, that kind of thing. And then maybe go to space to grab a rare, like, grab, like, space rock candy. There you go. There's a fucking free joke right there. Space rock candy. Yeah. God. There could have been so much more to make this book interesting. Like, we literally just came up with a better idea for a fucking sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Instead of space monsters. Yeah. Alright, so random question time, Sam. Remember when the media went batshit over censoring raw doll books? Do you think the racism in this book should be censored? Honestly, I think it should. Yeah. Because... Because, I mean, for what's worth, you didn't get to read it. I only read you snippets of it. Yeah. Folks but... at home... I feel like folks at home, you deserve to hear a little bit of this racism. Just to get where we're getting from, instead of just being, you know, certain things. So, do you want to hear my thought of why You're right it should? In. So, my thought is, I understand why some books shouldn't be censored that even might still have some racist connotations or old, outdated language. Like, I can see the arguments for, like, Mark Twain stuff. Yeah. And some of the other kind of similar things. This doesn't have a literary... Like, I don't think it's worth the literary merit to try and keep it. And it's not going to be studied as such as a historical piece. But more just... This feels racist... Like, it just feels racist for racism's sake, for lack of a better term. So let me go ahead and read. The porcelain phone went directly to the head of the Chinese Republic in Peking. Hello, 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 said the president. Wings Fish and Vegetable Store in Shanghai, said a small, distant voice. Mr. Wing speaking. Nanny, cried the president, banging down the phone. I thought this was a direct line to the premiere. It is, said Miss Tibbs. Try again. The president picked up the receiver. Hello, he yelled. Mr. Wong speaking, said the voice at the other end. Mr. Who? screamed the president. Mr. Wong, Assistant Station Master Chunking, and if you asking about ten o'clock train, ten o'clock train, no lunning today. Boiler burst. Yes, they changed the L's and R's. I'm not making that up. What in the drawn-together bullshit is this? No. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just quoting that one. Let's skip ahead to something even worse. Because that is, like, literal drawn-together bullshit. Yes, 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 yes. Gleetings, honorable Mr. President, said a soft, faraway voice. Here's Assistant Premier Chu on that. Speaking, how how can I do for you? How can I do for you? Ugh. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. There's a really funny line that Brandon really liked. Okay, and here's here's the reason why you can't get the right number. It is very difficult to phone people in China, Mr. President, said the president, the postmaster general. The country's so full of wings and wongs, every time you wing, you get the wong number. Da-da-da. That's a joke Sam's dad would make, and her mom would glare at her and yell his name. She'd go, Alan! Stop it! Alan, you can't say that to your grandchild! Yeah. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I feel like it's not... It's it's funny in that it's like the uncomfortable funny. It's 
Remember that episode in The Simpsons where he starts doing the whole, like, racist bit with the dicky and the miso sorry? Yeah. Misha Shade! And everyone just feels really uncomfortable. Like, everyone's just, like, disgusted by And Bart's only laughing because he doesn't understand. Yeah, it's a kid. It's kids. It feels like that of, like, the, uh, no, yeah. no. So, have you ever read or watched something that was this uneven with how good it is? Or, like, only a portion of it is good, and then, like, it just... Like, like it starts off bad, but it ends out really good. I feel like I have, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. Kind of, th- like... Same. I'm kind of in that same boat of, like, it's kind of hard to think about that. Because you don't really tend to remember those ones. Or it's like you remember either the good parts or the bad parts. Yeah. The closest I can think of, honestly, weirdly mm-hmm. enough, is Morrowind. Yeah. Partially because we were talking about it just the other day. That's true. Of, like, it has some really good lore and some really good stuff in there. Yeah. But there is some jank. Like, it is not... This game is jank! It is not a fun... I would not say it's a fun game to play nowadays. Yeah. Just based on how everything's made and built, and it's not intuitive. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, would you take Wonka Bite? And at what age? And if so, at what age? Maybe if I was, like, 70 or 80, I would take, like, one. Yeah. Maybe two. Maybe two if I was eighty. I take one every time I turn forty. I might. I. I, I could actually. Do, you know that. That actually feels like it would. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you're. You're. You're like. Oh, I want to live a long, fulfilling life. No. We get. Okay. How about this? We get ten free pills. I'm taking one every time I turn twenty. Every time I turn twenty. Oh no, baby. And baby, take care of me. No. Yeah. Just game uh, the system that way. I need mother. I need milk. <laughs> and I'm what, gonna make your life ruin. What was the For- Fortis Whitaker one of like? Oh, the first Baba. This ain't Baba. This is a bottle. I want to play with Legos. Um, no, don't need the Legos. Why won't you let me eat? Won't give me what I want in my own house. I love that. Fucking look up Key and Peel, uh, Force Whitaker, baby. So creepy, but it's hilarious. All right. Um, and my final question is: We talked about our favorite Wonka candy in the last one. What's your least favorite Wonka candy? Uh, personally, I think bottle caps are pretty bad. Yeah, no, I, I they're, agree. They're like lame soda candy. That's just not fun. I always wanted to like them, then I'd had them, and I'm like, I'm disappointed. What about pixie sticks? What do you think about pixie sticks? Eh. Right? Just, like, just mediocre. Just like, eh. Well, and half the time, like, especially the tiny ones. Yeah. Like, like It's just, you just one, you get one burst of, like, and you're done. Yeah, and it's just flavored sugar. That's, that's literally. I was about to say, that's why Fun Dip's better, because you get the stick to dip it in. Yeah. It's just better version Which is of it. still just, pow- like, flavored sugar, but it's at least yeah. more fun f- powdered sugar. What do you think about runts? I don't remember. They're, they're just the little, like, the little fruit-shaped candies. I think I don't remember. I remember not being super partial to them. Yeah, they're nothing special. Like, they're really just, like, just little, they're little, like, fruit-shaped candies. They're just nothing, nothing special. Um, also, there's a new Wonka candy out for the movie, and I've tried them. I don't think Sam's tried them yet, because I didn't bring them over, and... They're really nothing special. They had them at five below. Did they, if you can get it for like a buck, I would get it for a buck because they're little top hats filled with gusher like juice, but they all taste the same. They taste like grape jelly. Yeah, so yeah, I'm glad I didn't buy any. No, cause... not grape jelly. It just like tastes like a blo- a bland gummy. It's yeah, a, it's I'm a boring not, ass gummy. Still feel like I'm not missing out on anything. You're not. Um, yeah, yeah. So avoid those ones like the plague if you ask me. No, no. Try try them once if you can get them for cheap. But like, don't, it's not one of those you need to get out and get them right now. Don't don't get them with, don't go to like, the movie theater and buy them. Like Timothy Chalamet. They look cool, but really just, they're fine. They're, yeah. They're fine. It's just fine. 
Uh, oh, you know what's a good deal to get? Why you should get them though? Because hmm. it'll give you if you text the number on the back, you'll get like a five dollar movie cash to watch Wonka. Yeah, so, so that, that's I mean, if you want to money. see the movie, yeah, no, buy like a two dollar two dollar bag of candy for five dollar movie cash. Yeah, I mean, didn't go on discount on Tuesday, and most of the discount days are like five bucks, so you just have to pay some change. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Uh, all right, so Sam, do you have any pairings for this book? Um, I do have that episode of Grim Adventure and Billy Mandy. I don't remember it off the top of my head. You better look up that title. Look at that up right now. Damn straight. Uh, for my pairings, I'm choosing sequels that don't pair well with their original source material because they're batshit insane like this book. Because I felt, hey, why not pair stuff like that? First up is Gremlins 2, the king of weird sequels. This movie has no Christmas, and it takes place in a tower with television stations and laboratories and shit. This movie is bonkers and pairs well with this bonkers-ass book. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Michael Myers is fucking dead, so what do you do now? How about making a Halloween horror movie around the holiday? Halloween 3 takes away the slasher formula and gives us a cult movie with an apocalyptic ending. Babe, Pig in the City. What did everyone love about Babe? Was it the down-to-earth plot of animals talking with one another? Or maybe the sweet underpig story? Well, let's take that pig to the city and have a crazy-ass story that's off-the-walls insane. And those are my pairings for this book. Sam, have you found that episode? No, I keep getting the My Fair Mandy, which does not fit with this. There's so many. There's a lot of episodes. Yes, there is. The Halls of Time. Thank you. I just looked up Father Time. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah... And honestly, I don't have many more just because it's very... Yeah, no, that's why I made up a bullshit list of pairings. There's yeah. nothing to pair with this book. You can't pair this book with anything because it's so weird. That one very specific meme of this of from the Umbrella Academy of like when Elliot Page's character and that other kid are like looking at each other. And yeah. it's my Starfield character going into space. My Skyrim character getting thrown into space by giants. <laughs> And they're, like, passing by each other. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, I know it. what you're talking about, yeah. That's it, that's all. All right, Sam, what's your ratings and review for this book? The fact that I was told to only read the last two-fifths of this book tells me just how much <laughs> it's not that good, like... It's it's not. And even then, it's still not a great... Like, it's not like the, oh, this is the magnum opus, like, this is amazing. It's enjoyable. It, it's not... If, if I can be 100% honest, it made me question whether or not I like Raul Dahl. Like, it made me question if I think his books are worth my time anymore. Because I'm like, this book was so bad. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was just okay, if memory serves me right. Yeah, you were like, it's fine. Like, it's not... You weren't like, this is what made me. I'm like, is that, like, fade of nostalgia really there? I kind of want to do another Raul Dahl book book report, but, like, do, like, revolting rhymes and just do, do like, another ranking list. Yeah, you told me that. No, but Sam, go ahead, sorry. So, but I'm kind of in that same thing of, like, I was like, is it... Like, I, I didn't question whether or not I liked Roald Dahl. It was just more just... Yeah, it's telling when you say, don't read the first 11 chapters. Yeah. So, I'm going to give this one probably one and a half minus land grandmas out of five. Paws <laughs> on the back! Uh... <laughs> This book came out a year after Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and it feels like Roald Dahl wrote something so insanely unfilmable, it became utter nonsense to the point of insanity. This feels like two completely different books sold as one. One is a bland space story with aliens and mediocre political humor, 
and the other is a nice romp with a fun Wonka invention. It's a very unbalanced book, and it suffers because of this. I found the first three fits of the book to be grueling to get through, but the last two fits to be a really fun adventure with the great new location and some funny tidbits. This book has the simple charms of a classic Roald Dahl story, but its unevenness makes me give it two old people transformed into babies out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Since I enjoyed two fifths of it, I figured might as well. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, that's the book. Uh, join us next week when we read a when we have a Christmas story for you guys. Yee. A certain Susie Snowflake based one. Ooh, I wonder what that one is. <laughs> uh, and uh, Sam. Uh, wait, no, wait. Let me. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to like, subscribe, all that jazz. Leave your rating and reviews. If you're listening to us on iTunes, leave us a review. It really does help people find us. If you're listening to us on Spotify, give us a five star. It really helps people be like, oh, hey, people like this. Maybe I should like this. Huh, I like this. I'll give it five stars as well. And the cycle of abuse continues. <laughs> um, and. If you really like us, you can pitch in a dollar on our Patreon at patreon.com slash drunkenbookclub and get a get our episodes a week early. You get my show notes. You get bonus episodes every week. You get weekly pairing lineups, which where I pair the episode with random TV show blocks that I will tell you where to watch episodes from and have a gay old time. Um... I love doing those, and I don't think anyone cares about them, but I love them. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and anything else I might do. But you can also subscribe for free on our Patreon as well and get stuff, like, a couple weeks later. Just because it's like, hey, if you're bothering to even subscribe, you deserve to get a little bit of something. But it comes much later. So if you want it immediately, you want that immediate dopamine rush, $1. $1 a month. It's really not that bad. And then also, we do also have a Ko-fi page, which just go to our link tree down below. You can find it there. If you pitch in the exact amount for a book. And tell us what book. And what book it is. We will purchase it and do an episode as soon as possible. Because I do have a... a, You have a schedule. I do have a schedule that I like to try to keep on. For instance, if you tell me to read something for Valentine's Day that is not Valentine's Day related, I'll be like, you can have the week afterwards, buddy. (laughs) Or the week before. Yeah. Because what's good? I I have plans for Valentine's Day. It's a fun little Bailey School Kids book. <laughs> Gawking at homosexuals. At one homo. Yeah. No, no, she's trying to actually make them all heteronormative. Ew. <laughs> oh, God, you know what she is? Huh? She's one of those turf lesbians. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We haven't read the book, so I can't, I can't I have, make any comments. I have no basis on this other than you just saying that you want them to be all heteronormative. I, I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, I can't. I mean, they're all, it's, it's a kid's book, so she's going to make them boy and girl, you know? It's it's a kid book from yeah. the 90s. Yeah. She's not going to try to pull a, uh, um, oh my god, why am I forgetting his name from Gravity Falls? Alex Hirsch. Alex Hirsch with making couples fall, make a, a man and man, or a girl and girl. Two girls. Two girls, and then a duck and a man fall in love. And a sna- and a ba- badger and a snake. Yeah. A snadger. A snadger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you really do enjoy us, pitching in on anything really does help us even more. Helps improve the podcast and all other shows. I was about to say, I'm trying to save up right now for a webcam so we can better stream and do stuff. So, until I can get a webcam for us, eh, there's not going to be a lot of streaming. Because <laughs> people like seeing our beautiful faces for some reason. I'm better now. 
I'm sorry, I need to be rattled like every five minutes or else I'll start gurgling like that. I hope you guys love seeing that on stream. Where I just like have to pick you up and then yes. just... Much better now. Hello, I talk normal now. <laughs> every... uh, that would be horrible. Horrible deformity, but Sam still loves me and helps me. She stays up sleepless nights, rocking me back and forth. Like I just like push you. Just... Yeah, we can't afford the, the, the what's it called, the rocking machine. <laughs> You have to get an adult-sized version of yeah. that. It costs so much. Why do babies get it so easy? You can buy three baby ones, and it'll work for an adult. That's what the doctor told me. I don't think that would work. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. You have to get ten of them. No. Uh, and uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DBC underscore pod, Blue Sky at Drunken Book Club, and our YouTube page, which is Drunken Book Club as well, where I release the podcast and also... Uh, I, I'm trying to pair episodes with episodes of the podcast when they come out. So hopefully I can keep up with that. Whether or not I do, I don't know. Uh, Sam, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Blue Sky, and, and Tumblr at Berserker Rose. And you can find our buddies Weiss at Force Lift Hander. Drop the E on Hander on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. And our buddy Brandon at Eldritch Maid, M-A-I-D, the sexy kind on Blue Sky Twitter and TikTok. And that's it. That's all she wrote. Let's go make love in an elevator. Loving and I'm not going down. He lived in an elevator. Steven Tyler lived in an elevator. That's why why it's called Live in an Elevator. I believe that's an American Dad joke. I think so. Alright. Well, it sounds like it. It's it does. Alright guys, thank you for joining us this week and see you guys next week and then we're taking a week off because Holidays. Holiday cluster fuck, holiday cluster fuck This song is from Nostalgia Critic and who gives a fuck? Loving an elevator